Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to The Times. To find out more, head to thetimes.co.uk. Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with goals. Hello and welcome to The Game, the one and only football podcast from The Times. I'm Gabriel Marcotti and I'm especially excited this week uh, because I'm going on holiday next week. No, not just that. Um, Because I am joined by Alison Rudd, Rory K. Smith. You can think of them as sort of like the A-team. And... Julian Lawrence. Isn't it much nicer having Julian here than than Clive? Roy? <laughs> they both have their merits. There you go. Very diplomatic. Ricochet's back out for one matter. Now Di Maria. Matter's continued his run. What a finish that is! A quite stunning goal from one matter. Manchester United two up at Anfield against the ten men of Liverpool with a goal. Of breathtaking quality. We'll get to whether this is the was the decider for the fourth place. But um, I was struck by something. Anybody here expect Louis Van Gaal to play the exact same lineup as the week before, and the same formation? I, I think you had to after the way they played against Spurs. You had to wonder whether he might. Yeah, but it was a shock. Well, but it's not like it's the first time they played well this season against Spurs, was it? It's the first time they've played. <laughs> No, that's that's ruled played... down as fact. That was the first time. It's the first well. time they played well against a decent team. And it was a formation as well that would, was suited to play against Liverpool formation. Aha! Because I find that interesting. So it obviously was because it worked. I thought in that first half they they, they tore Liverpool to shreds tactically. But then I look at it and I'm thinking. We talked about this last week. It's kind of like their slow footballing formation, right? Yeah. So. If I have Raheem Sterling and he's up against Daley Blint, and shouldn't that be an advantage for Liverpool? It Why should. can they not? And in the same way that you could argue Townsend against Blint should have been last week too, but it wasn't. Well, how is that possible? Yeah, I, th- I think Raheem Sterling playing uh, win back in that three five two is a, is a waste of time. Is a waste of three yeah, four three. Is a waste in that three four three. Sorry, is a waste. Is a waste for me and. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that in midfield, especially the way Fellaini, Carrick, and, and Herrera set up against Henderson and, and Allen was just was just perfect. And every time they had plenty of time of the ball, and every time Henderson and Allen were either too far or not, you know, pressuring them high enough, there was not enough intensity in that Liverpool midfield in that first half either. And and I just thought that Van Gaal got it spot on. Do you still think Van Gaal is a fraud? I still think Van Gaal is a fraud. But the one thing is, Luis Van Gaal is listening to this podcast and credit to him for listening to the Times podcast because we told him before, not only that he was a fraud, but also that why are you not playing Mata 
he plays Mata and suddenly things are much better. We told him, please play your players in that position, which he does now. Fellaini plays in his right position. Rooney plays in his right position. Mata, maybe not the right, right position, but at least Dali Blin plays in his right position. And I think it's much better when you play. Really? You think yeah. Dali Blin's a viable left back in the I Premier think he's League? a better left back than a, than a holding midfielder, for sure. So I think Julian makes an interesting point, and that's what's, what's really interesting to me about United's kind of revival. And I was a bit sceptical last week because they beat Spurs and Spurs were, were really bad. And he, I think it's too, It's always, Alison said it was a, a party political broadcast on behalf of the False Dawn Party. And I am now prepared to revise that opinion <laughs> and say that it does look like they have, they've, they've hit upon something and that's great. And United looked look strong and they played, first half particularly, they played really, really well at Anfield. And tactically, yeah, totally nailed it. I'm baffled as to why it's taken him nine months. Because that four th- that four three three, you mentioned that the Spurs wasn't the first time they've played well. Whenever they have played well this season, they've been playing four three three, and yet he's continually gone back to three four two one or whatever it was, or three five two, and he's made a succession of decisions that, looking at it, kind of don't make sense. And and he he gave an interview to the, tele- to the Telegraph last week, a really long interview to the Telegraph last week, talking about kind of how he'd. You know how he, how his players have to do all have to get used to the workload that he demands of them, and and how he wants players who, who can play in different positions and do different things, and it takes time. It shouldn't take nine months. I think it's more that he he overthought it because he had uh, horrendous injury problems and he had a lot of inexperienced defenders, and I think he I just th- I just think he was worried that if I think he felt he had to devise a clever system to slot in. Um, a complete myriad of very, uh, highly paid, expensive stars and players no one had ever heard of coming through the youth ranks. And he, he, I think he got sort of slightly um, um, all-powerful in his view of it. I think he felt, I'm this. This is a club in trouble. I've arrived and things are not going my way. I have to be very cautious here and very c- clever about how I set the team up and. I, because they rarely played terribly well, it, it just smacked of overthinking, and the players, most of them, didn't look very comfortable. It was it was um, football by numbers. It was it, it smacked of of staring at spreadsheets for too long and trying to calculate a way of coping with all the factors that went in. I mean, it was a club in disarray when he arrived. You know, the, the David Moyes experiment had gone wrong. Morale was low. And Old Trafford doesn't know how to cope with low morale, and he was trying to be all things to all men and all people. So I, I think now he's, he's simplified it, he's pared it down. He's able to step back, and like you say, Gabs, just, oh, he's playing better, he's, you know, I'll just play him because he's playing better. Which, is, which ultimately is what you do in football, isn't it? I, I think there's, there's some other factors that come into play. I mean, one, and I hate to pick on Ed Woodward because I feel like I do it every show, but he was obviously not helped by the fact that the club goes and signs all these top players at the end of the transfer window yeah. once the Premier League has already started. I mean, that's just stupid. And if I were Joel or Avram or or one of the Glazer gang, I would take this under advisement when I do Mr. Woodward's performance review at the end of the summer or at the end of the year because it's just completely idiotic. You left points on the table at the start of the season. You brought in superstars for absurd amounts of money without giving your manager time to work with them and, and to prepare. Let's celebrate Juan Mata. Yes. Everybody loves Juan Mata. Everyone loves Juan Mata. Um, I, I obviously people love the second goal, reminiscent of Mark Hughes and whatnot. 
a tremendous technical feat. But I imagine, you know, if Juan Mata is wide open and the ball comes in, you're Juan Mata, you can probably nail that every so often. What I loved is how he completely lost his marker on the first goal. He's up against Moreno, who I'm assuming would lap Mata 20 times running around the pitch. And he just kind of like makes himself visible, disappears from him. And he sort of runs with his little legs and he latches onto a tremendous pass from Andre Herrera. I mean, that's brains. It's a brilliant finish as well. Right and, and, and a tremendous finish. Right foot as well. Yeah. Right and foot with finish. his weaker foot. He's a great, Mata's a great player, but I think the thing, the thing with Mata is that you have to accept that... And I, I love Juan Mata as a man, more than as a player. I love him as a man. I, you know, he, you, He's the sort of footballer you really want to be friends with. But... The, does he be a good friend? He wouldn't. I think he'd be a good friend. You know, yeah. he'd call you when you were down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he'd be, he'd be a good friend. You know, never forget your birthday. <laughs> no, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. He'd, he'd invite you out if he was going out and he knew you'd, you're having a tough time. He'd like to invite yeah. you out, yeah. even though you didn't know people. And he'd do all the introductions. He'd he's, just be a great friend. His dad is also Juan Mata. Is yeah. who's lovely as well. Would invite you, you know, for Sunday roast and things like that. I think yeah. lovely family. And yet, isn't it bizarre, Alison, <laughs> that? You wouldn't think so because, of course, his name in Spanish means Johnny Kills. Johnny Kills. <laughs> so I wonder if there's <laughs> a dark side. Nice to that. Well, if if you believe in a nomenclature determinism, then it is deeply surprising that he's such a pleasant chap because right. people tend to gravitate to what their names mean. Yes. So because of the cabal of Liverpool fans who um, who who inhabit the Times, um, the who infest the Times, um, we don't need to talk about this game any further or any other incidents. Oh no, except for the Phil Jones incident. Should Phil Jones? No, yeah. Just kidding. Now, all right, thirty seconds into the second half. Steven Jarrett comes on, Ander Herrera tackles him, or he tackles Ander Herrera, then Herrera come, goes back, gets him. I don't know to what degree there was contact, but it's obviously it made Jarrett uncomfortable. Very slight. And Jarrett stomps down on him and gets sent off. To what degree do we give Jarrett a pass for this? Because if you want to be really unkind, you could argue that you know he had the slip last year, and now this, which could cost Liverpool a place in the Champions League. I if you if you he, go and you view it. In that way, I don't think he gets a pass at all. I think it was it was what totally, and utterly brainless. I think if he if he's a thirty four year old man who's been been a professional footballer for seventeen years, and you know Rogers sort of said, oh, you know, he's frustrated with us for not making a tackle in the first half. There was Carragher, I think, said that oh, he's 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 upset at being left out against Swansea. Jesus Christ, grow up! Do you know what I mean? Right. That's that is a Can I offer a, a different suggestion? And 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 Alison, um, maybe you can back me on this. I think. He went in and he said, all right, nobody's going to have the cojones to send me off 30 seconds after I come on. You generally get one free hit you do, yeah, that's true. in the Premier League or in, in most football no, games. No, but no, when you walk on someone. Well, I mean, Diego Costa, anybody? No, but, 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 but if generally when it's so early in the game, you're kind of daring the referee to do something about it maybe I can get a lick in on this guy and then he'll be a little bit less aggressive next time and I can sort of influence the game and maybe is there any possibility I mean, he wasn't trying to hurt him but no, he was trying but... to send a message yeah no, it... I'd find it really I, I can't uh, compute to that that the idea that he thought actually, actually thought about it that he made a decision to be that violent I don't think he knew what he was doing he was out of control do you think it was some sort of like momentary lapse of Reason. No, I think he'd sat there in the first half, absolutely bubbling away with all sorts of thoughts. Uh, how am I not starting in the you know in, in, in the most Joe important Allen fixture play? at Anfield every season? Why why am I not starting? I'm fully fit now. 
I'm raring to go. I have a I have a track record of doing important things in big games. Do you think he scored some no, important goals no. once or twice? I, no, maybe? and he sat there thinking this. He sat there yeah. thinking, what is what is going on? And then while he sat there, the decision not to play him is backfiring. There's no midfield present at all, at all for Liverpool. They look like a collection of um, uh, below average height, um, slightly weak, willed, small players. They don't. They lock your feet. They don't. They're not. They're not getting hold of the game at all. They're 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 at Anfield and yet they're acting as though they're Old Trafford. It's not. It's not working the way it's supposed to work. And he sat there thinking, this 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 is backfiring. This is backfiring. I should be on the pitch. And I think he gets on the pitch and he. he this is something he's done before. And it sometimes has worked. And when he was younger and fitter and quicker and sharper, it would work. And he wants to be everything. He wants to make the 50-yard pass. And he does that. That's the first thing he does. He wants to impose himself in midfield. He wants to show that I know what's going on. I'm the main man here. And this is my manner. And I'm going to dictate how this game turns out. And it just it's just a rush of blood. It doesn't he doesn't decide he's going to get away with something because it's only 30 seconds into the game. He just has too much going on in his blood in his head. Julian, so you get the final verdict on this because A, do you think it was rush of blood or do you think it was maybe a little bit of a little bit of calculation? And B what what do you think makes him look better? Rush of blood or calculation? <laughs> I, th- I think he's going through a horrible season. It's probably everything's happening this season that he didn't want to happen. You know, the, the way the whole contract issue with Liverpool, not being offered anything, having to, to leave the country and go to America, not being picked up anymore, not being picked anymore, even for the biggest game of the season, you know, for a, for a Liverpool player, for a Liverpool fan, for the club and everything. It's, I think everything is going wrong. Everything is going on for the injury on top of everything, and and I think he's he's a very unhappy man. And I think for me the stamp last yesterday was the sign of someone who is really unhappy in his own skin. And maybe he had rush of blood before. Maybe he had. It's more than rush of blood. It's someone deeply unhappy with himself. You know, with the with with the. The scene around him with the the people he worked with, I, I, I'm sorry, but I would I would love to know the relationship or how he feels about Brendan Rodgers, you know, because through the whole season I'm not sure how fair Rodgers has been to him, you know, between the contract, between dropping him, you know, like not being used probably as much as he would like. And I think it's it's just perfect example of him being very unhappy in his own skin. Chelsea not really creating too many chances for all the possession they're having. Fabregas, Willian might be able to change it. Remy! Oh, Alan McGregor couldn't stop it. And Chelsea are back ahead. Light Remy. Barely 90 seconds after coming onto the pitch. I think if you look at a player like Ivanovic, for example, who were all over the place from start to finish in that game, you know, especially defensively, um, you, you do think maybe the guy needs a rest, you know, finally needs a rest because he's... He's probably not a very amazing right back. He's probably a better centre half, but using him at right back, it's unusual for him to make mistakes like he made on, on Sunday. And, and you wonder, maybe the guy needs a rest. And there's Why a few did he players. Need a rest? I mean, he's not. I mean, he's, because he's, I, because he's, he's probably at, he at, play every game. yeah no, from no, the start of the I mean, season. You know, he's he's, he's, he's made of, of metal and gear. <laughs> yeah, and true, he's Robocop's brother. Like, he's yeah. Robocop's family, maybe, but maybe, still, maybe needs a service. <laughs> a bit of oil, and yeah, I do. I do think that tiredness is playing a part in in those games where they, you know, they they keep having those leads and and other teams. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Marcus hasn't quite been himself either as well. Yeah, I, I exactly. Fabregas neither. But the one guy, though, who doesn't seem tired at all and who really impressed me again was was Eden Hazard. I, I well, <laughs> What's up with this guy? I, I kind of always feel kind of we sort of overlook him. Do, do we kind of do Hazard a bit of a disservice here? Well, it was inter- I thought what was interesting about his goal was that the sort of criticism Hazard does tend to get is that, oh, you know, you can't, you can't even put him anywhere near the same bracket as someone like Messi because he doesn't know how to score from outside the box. He doesn't even try to often enough. He can't, you know. And he, he had that, that, that was a glimmer of proper world-class finishing. Yeah. And, so. and I thought his defensive work as well was, was tremendous. Um, Diego Costa came off, looked like he wasn't doing great. Um, did you see this incident he had with McGregor as well, with, with the goalkeeper? Where he tapped his tummy. That one. No, before that, it looked to me like he kind of maybe kicked out a little. Yeah, tapped his tummy. Did, it was a tap. It, it was, was a stupid, tap. stupid thing to do because that's the sort of thing that can get you sent off. But it was, it was so mild-mannered. Right, it's like Steve Bruce because I know for a fact in January they're terrified by the Premier League's financial fair play. They couldn't spend any money. Um, they were just getting freebies in. And it looked to me like the ship was, was sinking. And when I saw them line up with, with Alec, Alex Bruce, who, funny enough, he doesn't, he doesn't have a new contract. He's, he's a free agent in the summer. Getting released by your dad—that is brutal. That, <laughs> no, I see Alex Bruce and McShane, but they're still there, and 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 it's, Steve Bruce is very optimistic that they're going to stay yeah, up. Yeah, their running is horrible. Their running is you absolutely said, you appalling. Said last week they're going down. I think they'll get relegated. You still think they're going down? Yeah. Really I, I, don't think it, I don't think it matters. I think that they're running this hard, really, really bad. I think QPR will go down. I think Leicester will go down. I've got a feeling Hull will be the third. QPR, Leicester, and Hull. Yeah. So the gravel-voiced one stays up. I'd like to think so. It's <laughs> 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 Bruce for changing the formation because you yeah, know I've, I know it's, it's, it was uh, no brainer. It was clearly not working, and you know, but but still, you know, fair enough to him. And one thing though, he has to change those blue trainers. That, that that was horrendous. That was that was a low for me, big time. Those blue umbro trainers have to go. Nene, the substitute is Noble. Oh, it breaks to Sacco, and he's probably won the game for West Ham. As Sunderland hover above the relegation zone, and Dick Advocat starts his career with defeat. So Gus Poyet is no longer the Sunderland manager. Dick Advocat has uh, taken over for him. He does have experience um, in the United Kingdom, albeit north of the border where he was successful at Rangers. Um, this smacks to me as kind of a old head, jolt to the system, players manager type of guy. Very smart tactically, I actually think Advocat is, but he's not really going to have time to go and do anything too sophisticated there. Um is that all it is? Well, I, it, this ba- it baffles me completely, this one. 
You say, like you say, Gus, well, you? I do like Gus. But I, 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 did you read Gus's um, statement that he put out? Which one? The the official statement he put out um, saying that was all managers do this now, don't they? When they're fired, they mm. put out a statement. It's, I think it's legal, just in case you have a, a case you want to bring. But he said, you know, I'd like to say I thoroughly enjoyed my time uh, and uh, I enjoyed taking Sunderland to Wembley. I enjoyed performing the miracle. I mean, his, his record at Sunderland isn't bad at all. This is purely a case of of the club's management board members falling out with him. It's a, it's a political decision. You do not, you do not at this stage of the season think you are better off getting rid of a man who's already performed the miracle and he was in a far worse state this time last year than he than he was at the point he was sacked. Why why assume it's going to get so bad that it, all miracles are impossible? And bring in somebody. You say he's got experience advocate British football, but but spending a lot of money at Rangers is, has absolutely zero to do. Plus, it was like a decade ago as well. Sunderland could have stayed up with Poyet, but it wouldn't have been because of Poyet. They they just stayed up. So they stayed up last season, why? Nothing to do with him oh, either? No, no, that was something to do with him, but it wasn't working this season. The, the players weren't playing for him. They're incredibly... I mean, the advertorial struggle, unless he can make them quicker, that's the big thing with, with Sunderland. They're so slow. Sometimes this kind of late-season jolt works, yeah. but do, do we have evidence that the players didn't like us? Or is it just Lee The performances. No, apart from the performances, but you don't get... I mean, you know, like when Gus replaced the previous manager, mm-hmm. um, it was obvious that certain players um, didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Other players did, but they made for less of a story. Um, but do we have any evidence that it, and that anybody's, like, happy that that he's gone? I don't know. But, but, but Rory, maybe he's right. The, the, there was clearly... The message was not going through to the dressing room anymore. There, there was a few <laughs> issues there. I don't think they, they played to get him sacked, but a few, a few of his last games were, were so dreadful that you, you do wonder, like, you know, if the players really... Well, because they, they're dying to play in the championship next year? I would assume a lot of these guys have relegation clauses, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, probably, yeah. I don't think German Defoe wants to play, <laughs> to play in the championship next season, but they can work. I'm not sure Advocat, again, is the, the right man for like an emergency you know, situation and, no, and a new miracle. On Defoe... When he signed, it was all like, oh, Jermaine Defoe guarantees goals. He gets you goals. No, yep. he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. He's been partying with Drake. We've said that. He partied the whole of last year with Drake in Toronto. He's not... He was always going to be struggling. It's normal. I just think of partying in Toronto. With Drake? With, like, the nine-month winter. I know. He was never going to be <laughs> ready for, you know, for six very intensive so months in the Premier League. The you know, no, I'm, I'm not knocking the Canadians at all. I, I just, or Drake, yeah, what? be careful. Yeah, don't, Drake, or Drake. Drake listens to this. <laughs> and Drake, Drake is also friends with, uh, with Mario Balotelli. So again, you can see his evil hand behind <laughs> everything, including it. Sunderland's problem. Yeah. Right, time now for some quick hits. Spurs huff and puff and eventually beat Leicester 4-3. Harry Kane bags a hat trick. Um, and Matthew Side in the paper compares him to Gerd Muller. Uh, but Rory, it's boring to talk about him. Let's talk about Leicester instead. It wasn't a bad performance, was it? So hope. For, for Pearson, uh, it's never a bad performance from Leicester. They've, they've not actually played. They've not. They've not been be- been heavily and well beaten many times this season. Uh, but there comes a point where that's not really relevant anymore. They don't have enough points. They're, they're a decent team. They they lack goals. Bit baffled to see. I don't know where Cramrich has gone. Ujo has not been starting. That's a lot of money they've spent on on players that were meant to su- supply goals but now aren't playing. Uh, they're going to get relegated, and it's a bit sad. Does my dad's a Leicester fan? 
Manchester City bounced back from the European woes with a 3-0 win over West Brom. Uh, Julien, does this cement your belief that they'll finish as runners-up? It doesn't cement anything at all. That game doesn't count. It counts for the three points, but apart from that, they played at 11 against 10 for like... 88 minutes so it doesn't count about anything well, they still, still scored three goals they're still nah no it doesn't count show me more show me better alright speaking of West Brom City's job was made easier by the fact that their opponents went down to 10 men early on as we just heard Neil Swarbrick has apologised for thinking Gareth McCauley and Craig Dawson are the same person which is an easy mistake to make given that at least they have the same complexion um, unlike some of the other mistake cases of mistaken identity we've seen in the Premier League this season um, but what I don't understand Alison is it's not like Swarbrick was the only official out there. If he was unsighted, if he was confused, if he was daydreaming, fine. Aren't there three other dudes out there with the fourth official, the other assistant referees? Are, are they not watching the game? Yeah, no, it's, it's utterly bizarre that... Because, um, you know, sometimes it's about angles and obscured view. This was purely about mi- mixing up two players and just, just, just getting it wrong, but... The, the, I agree with you completely. One of one of the other officials should have said, reading between the lines, and I don't know if this is true, but this is what I can gather from all the different statements made and, and conversations I've heard about it. Swarbrick just went into complete um I I know right I'm I know what I'm doing. Don't speak to me about this. So he it's did, possible he did, the fourth official told him. Like, I think it uh, might be Neil. possible. I think it might be possible. And he he just wanted to say stop. I've got the players in my ear, just stop. I just, I know what's going on. Just let me do what I'm doing. And then he had that awful realization later that he had got it horribly wrong. But the, the, the fact that they're number twenty-three and twenty-five, do you think that could have caused the, the whole problem? Is that he, he yeah, in a way, got confused he, with the two numbers? In, they're in so a, similar. In, in a way, that should, that should stop Swarbrick from being so um, yeah arrogant, about, arrogant yeah. about it because it's, it's, all he has to do is look at the numbers and see oh actually they oh I, it is quite possible I misread yeah. that number I, I will listen to my assistant surely, on this. surely if, if the players are saying this it's the same thing with the, with the Gibbs one and the Sunderland one if the players are saying to you you it's not me it's not me it was him so, uh, so, but you know so, players cheat and no, deceive all the time so, especially so, Gareth McCauley so, <laughs> he's the wrong guy he is yeah. But certainly, in the other two, the two, in the other two cases, they were saying it wasn't him; it was this one. They're not. Surely, the referee has to think at that point. All right, well, we're going to have to sort this out. But in the Huddersfield Fulham game, yeah, yeah. he rescinded it, yeah. changed his mind after yeah. the play, uh, someone, well, the players, and yeah, case, and he said, okay, fair enough, I got it wrong, and he changed the red card. I think the cheaper solution to video technology is making all twenty-two players wear different coloured hats. <laughs> The, the, that would definitely do, yeah, do the red trick. Hats, the, <laughs> the guy in the red hat. Was it the red or the blue? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It's international week. That means England have games coming up. Rory, what excites you about this? Okay, I think that was pretty eloquent. <laughs> Anybody? There's a media game. The England media team are playing the Lithuanian media team, but the England media team is rubbish, so we're getting Julian to play to play for us. Yes, but you guys you... have a whole history of doing this, right? Kevin Sh- Peterson, Zola Bud, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Normally it's South yeah. Africans, but Julian, now... we can't. Ju- Ju- Julian's wife is Welsh, yeah. so he qualifies through that. Julian is the most talented. <laughs> His Julian? wife is Welsh. He goes for England. Julian is the most right. talented footballer I have ever played with, and I have played with former Manchester United and Bradford winner Lee Sharp. Wow, that, that's uh, that, 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 that's hyper. He's also very handsome. <laughs> can you not get Thierry on? Is in this game on Scott? Can you get Thierry on Rain? No, but so when we, we played a game against the um, the. Why don't I have two friends? In fact, why don't you just get like seven? Why don't you get yeah, Thierry on Rain? Well, well, this, well, this, this, this is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, just get a bunch of French guys. <laughs> Hang on. The first time I ever played football, Julian, was 
in a game in which Robert Perez was also involved against the parliamentary 11. Julian is better than Robert Perez. Now. Well, you're younger than Robert Perez, right? Yeah, he's 41. I'm there 34. You, there you go. You got yeah. seven years yeah, on exactly. him. I bet 34-year-old Robert Perez yeah, would have been better. I'm 32 than and I'm not better than Robert Perez. Arsenal win in Newcastle to keep the heat on Manchester City and Olivier Giroud scores too. Julian, he's French like you. So I'm assuming you have some special insight. Why does he divide opinion? Because I think he really does. When I suggested he was one of the top five center forwards in the Premier League, people were like, ha, 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 ha. Like, well, why do some people think that he's rubbish? Is it just jealousy because he's handsome and because he he's French? Time? He, he took a selfie with Celia Kay, yeah. Ollie's cousin. It's jealousy because he's French, because he's good looking, and because he's good at what he does. I think he's improved a lot. He's, he's definitely in the top five strikers in the Premier League. And if he was English, uh, people would be raving about him. Those are all reasons that Julian has also faced jealousy. Southampton bag another big win, 2 0 against Burnley. Alison, you were there. Thoughts? Yeah, lucky me. Um, my thoughts are that Burnley might just be too good to go down. They, um, Which they is were, good. They have a super talented, highly priced squad, right? Well, no, they they don't have a they have a talented squad, and it's not super priced. And they are um, on the whole well organised, and, and Dyche just squeezed the best out of them. I they are, I of all the ones in trouble, I think they're the team most likely to just about escape it. Um, and they, you know, they're they're enjoyable to watch. And Southampton, it it they have a reasonable run in. They, as I wrote in my match report, there was a touch of uh, arrogance about them in the second half, and you don't often see that with Southampton. So I wonder if they think, "Ooh, look at our run in! If we just keep it going, someone someone might slip up." So, uh, as I've said before, I think it would be the story of all stories if they finish in the top four, and they haven't um, they haven't swayed me from that. It's if it's down to them, they'll do it. But it's not down to them. Uh, Gab, apparently there was a game in Spain last night. What, what was it like? What happened? Um, what happened was Barcelona beat Real Madrid 2-1, extending their lead in uh, La Liga to four points. I thought it was actually a really, really enjoyable game. Uh, it had everything. Um, had hugs and kisses in the tunnel beforehand, a bit of nasty on the pitch. An absurd goal from, from Luis Suarez, um, which to me gets better every time every time you see it. Ultimately, that was a difference between the two teams. I thought Real Madrid played much better for about 50, 55 minutes. And then after that, they they went flat and uh, Barcelona could have scored more. But um, people are saying that Barcelona have the title wrapped up. I'm not so convinced. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes and Player FM for Android, please do so. If you have one of those fancy Apple Watches, then you're pretty cool. Anyway, many, many thanks to my guests today, Alison Rudd, Julian Lawrence, and of course, Rory K. Smith, who is up for an award at the SJA Awards. Those are the, uh, is the Sports Journalists Association. Association. Yes, by, by the awards. time you're listening to this, I would have not won an award. <laughs> or you might have won. <laughs> I won't have won. Check out thetimes.co.uk on your digital device. Members get exclusive football, rugby, and cricket highlights free as part of your subscription. Uh, if you're not a member yet, you can take our £1 digital trial today. Just search Time Sport online. I'm not going to be here next week. You guys are lucky. You'll get Max Rushton or somebody far more uh, talented than I am. Um, but hopefully I'll see you in a few. Bye-bye. Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away.